Hello and welcome once again to The Blueprints. This is Canada's Conservative Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Schmale, Member of Parliament for Halliburton, Kawartha Lakes, Brock, with new content for you every single Tuesday, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. On today's show, 30 hours of weekend voting, 135 confidence votes. Sadly, none of them passed. Also, we're going to talk about our defense readiness. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe to this program. This is messaging and information you're not hearing in the mainstream media. Tell your friends they can download it on platforms. That's CastBox, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. You name it, it is out there. Today, coming back is Pat Kelly. I apologize for not having him on a long, long time ago. The Member of Parliament for Calgary, Rocky Ridge, and he did bring that to my attention that he hasn't been on the show. Lo and behold, you're on today. Well, thanks, Jamie. It's always a pleasure to be on The Blueprint. Uh, it's, a, it's a great show, and thanks for having me. Anytime, anytime. So we did 30 hours of voting. We started at 5.45 p.m. Thursday, went all through the night, continued to about 11 p.m. on Friday evening, Eastern Time. You were there for pretty much all of it in person. Um, we're trying to get the confidence vote. Uh, sorry, we're trying to get the, the Liberal government to scrap the carbon tax, but each one of those votes was a confidence vote, which, if, if the government lost, would have triggered an election. Yeah, that, that's right. We, uh, it was... It, we voted individually on each of the items in the in the estimates because the government has refused to listen to Canadians and axe the carbon tax. The carbon tax le- makes life less affordable for Canadians. It costs jobs. It's hard for con- it's hard on consumers. It makes food more expensive. It makes transportation more expensive. It makes home heating more expensive. We've demanded for for a long time that they they axe the tax. They refuse to do so, and we wanted to see. Uh, uh, let's see if the NDP will continue to support the government or to side with Canadians. Well, let's get a, let's get a clip of you in action on the floor of the House of Commons. While that was all happening, you were asking for a recorded vote, which of course is asked to ensure that we do have that standing vote, which we indeed wanted to show Canadians that we are working hard in terms of getting that carbon tax removed, which the government still refuses to do. Let's queue up cut one, play cut one, Pat Kelly in action. A member, but the honorable member for Calgary Rocky Ridge is uh, rising to request a recorded division. Well, yes, uh, Canadians have lost confidence in this government, so have I. And, uh, so I do call for a recorded division. I'm anxious to see if the NDP will side with Canadians or continue to prop up the government. Here we so we know the answer, they propped up the government. Yes. Each and, and every time. That's right. And you know, Canadians are fed up with this government, and I'm asked all the time by uh, the, the people in my community, you know, what, when will you uh, be able to, to you know, force an election and, uh, and allow us to, to get rid of this tired government that uh, keeps piling on taxes, driving inflation, driving up the cost of living, driving up interest rates, which drives up the cost of mortgage payments. Uh, but, uh, the, you know, the NDP are absolutely committed to sustaining this government, and it's a shame. And it's interesting, the Bloc Québécois was dancing with the Liberals too, which I found kind of shocking, considering their whole public approach is to oppose the Liberals. Well, really, we're, we are the only party that is opposing this government. We're alone. The, the, all of the other parties are complicit in the inflationary uh, policies of this government that drive up the cost of living, make life more expensive for Canadians uh, in, in every way. Groceries, home heating, uh, interest rates, it, it's... And, and uh, Canadians are, are, are suffering, and they're ready for a change. They're ready for a new government. Uh, we tried 135 times in a row to, uh, 
uh, test the confidence of this government, but these parties are uh, absolutely committed to sustaining this this government. Yeah, these parties also have two speeds, big government and bigger government. They don't seem to know that there is a, a way to actually get value for your dollar and, mm -hmm. and something we're trying to uh, keep pressing that messaging and, and, and reach out to Canadians more and more that are kind of questioning what's going on in the world today, especially in Canada, and, and things just don't seem right anymore and, and things are broken. Um, let's get on to cut two. We're going to queue up cut two. Um, this is the Prime Minister after the voting had ended. A couple things were very interesting I took away from it. We'll get your comments on this too. One, he was very arrogant as he came out, his answer to the reporters. And two, uh, our viewers and listeners will, will uh, hear this when he says, but he finally acknowledged that the uh, price on carbon, as he likes to call it, is in fact a tax. Play cut two. Any intention on axing the carbon tax like the Conservatives want? Are you going to back down? No, we're not axing the tax. Not axing the tax. What did you take from that? Well, here we have a smug prime minister glibly telling the cameras that he has no plan to axe the tax that is making life unaffordable for so many Canadians. And the, 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 the rising prices everywhere, it's not hurting him. He is not feeling the impact of his policies. No, I, th this government is just so hopelessly out of touch. I don't think they have any idea what is going on at, uh, at ground level where Canadians are, are really struggling. They're struggling with the price of food. They're struggling to heat their homes in a cold Canadian winter. Uh, they're struggling with the price of gasoline, which also affects the price of bus tickets and transit fares. Um, and, uh, and, and all of this, the taxation uh, and the deficits they're running are driving inflation, which drive up interest rates, which make housing even more unaffordable. Um, we, we've watched, uh, there's a new report, in fact, uh, out right now that, uh, that living with a roommate is as expensive now as, um, as living on your own would have been at the beginning of this government, that, that um, splitting the rent with, with a roommate is, is now just as expensive as, as it would have been to rent a one-bedroom apartment when this Prime Minister took office. They don't understand why they don't understand just how they are harming Canadians with their inflationary policies. That really is incredible because you, you, you would graduate high school, sometimes go to college, university, you'd, you'd room for the first year or two, maybe four, doesn't, you know, see how it goes, how you relate to others and get along. Then you get out on your own and get a place on your own after that. But now, People are having to continue that lifestyle going forward, so you don't even have the ability to have your own place, and that is, I think, frustrating a lot of younger voters. Yeah, that's right. People, uh, when they're 40 years old, they want to leave the uh, the college yeah. lifestyle yes. behind and uh, and have some space on their own, and uh, it's just not affordable for uh, for so many Canadians under this Liberal government. And unfortunately, it won't get any better because you have a government that's fundamentally opposed to helping Canada's in energy industry. We have a. Uh, a piece of legislation, C-50, being debated in Natural Resources Committee called, well, known by on our side, the Just Transition, talking about ways that they're going to impact the energy industry. So I want to get a thought or two from you because your community is affected by this. We have a video, so we'll queue up cut three, and then uh, we'll go into greater detail. So uh, let's queue up cut three. Let's play cut three. The Liberals just dropped their Just Transition bill. In 30 seconds, I'm going to go over what you need to know, why it's going to cost you more, and why it's bad for Canada. Here we go. One, the Liberals' just transition is going to make electricity, transportation, and home heating more expensive. Two, based on the Liberals' failed coal transition, it's going to cost at least $40 billion taxpayer dollars. Three, it's going to weaken Canada's GDP and make us less competitive globally. Four, this just transition concept has failed in every country it's been attempted. And five, 
it's going to kill 170,000 jobs in Canada's energy sector. And if that sounded bad, it's just going to get worse. That was Shannon Stubbs, Member of Parliament for Lakeland, also our critic for natural resources. Your thoughts on this? Well, I think Shannon uh, nails it, and you're right. In, in my community, this is, uh, this is really important. This government uh, has spent its entire time over the last eight years uh, waging a war against the energy industry. And this has affected uh, countless members of my community. I've had grown men in their 50s reduced to tears in my office, the desperation over job loss. I mean, this, this was uh, especially kind of from 2015 to, uh, to 2018 especially. But just as there has been some recovery in the industry, uh, this government comes in with more bad legislation, more regulation that is calculated specifically to, uh, to, to drive away investment in the energy industry. The only kind of investment we seem to have in this country right now under this government is that that comes along with government subsidy. Uh, we see the, the use of subsidy to just pick winners and losers in industry and, and between industry players. And it's, um, it's, it's no wonder that they've, they've driven out some estimates, 200, say $200 billion in um, uh, investment has been driven out of the energy industry during this government's watch. And this, uh, this bill is just more of the same uh, calculated, deliberate uh, attack on the uh, the energy industry in Canada. As we said before, subsidies and, and, and just ramping them up, it only delays the inevitable inevitable because it's not a market-driven choice, right? You have a false marketplace. Yeah. And, and, and that can be danger for those people that may have a job related to that. So you should be, I think, trying to allow the market to do what it does best and lower the barriers to competition, allowing small companies to to you know, provide a better quality product service and, and more choice for the consumer. While at the same time, if we want to, if we want to lower the price, yes, you can get rid of the carbon tax. That's a very important piece. And we've confirmed that in committee and, and report after report. The other thing they could do is add to the supply, add more supply to the marketplace. Yeah. I mean, this is just, just it. The world is crying out for Canadian energy. Uh, we've seen the desperation in Europe to get off of, uh, of Russia's uh, gas supply. We, we, we know that the world needs natural gas, and uh, we've had no projects approved since this government has, uh, has, has taken office. And, uh, and that, that trickles down to jobs in my community. So we are, we are uh, refusing to be the supplier of, of ethical, clean, um, natural gas to the world at a time when they desperately need secure supplies from, from a country like Canada to get uh, off of dictator oil uh, from, from so many of these other odious uh, sources of energy that, uh, that are filling the gap from, created by our refusal to develop our own resources. So we have the, the war continuing on between Russia and Ukraine. You're on the Defense Committee, so we want to touch on this before we have to wrap up. The Chief of Defense Staff actually, well, had an interview a few weeks ago now talking about the actual uh, readiness of Canadian, the Canadian military, and, and his remarks were quite, for me, I, I heard the interview and couldn't believe it, but you're on the committee, you had to deal with that, you had... Uh, you're looking into it a little further. Tell us a bit more about it because it's it's pretty eye-opening. 
Well, the, the, the general error really raised a number of alarms, alarm bells at committee. He talked about uh, readiness. He talked about his uh, being you know, kept awake at night, really um, uh, concerned about our readiness in so many ways. Uh, we talked a lot about uh, the production of ammunition. And uh, there has been no change or ramping up of basic production of, of ammunition in Canada since the uh, war began in, uh, s since the full invasion uh, of Ukraine began, uh, you know, coming up on two years ago. Um, and there's, there's just, it, it's, it's mind-boggling that we couldn't go on to uh, a war production footing, ramp up production so that we could replace uh, the supplies that we have given to Ukraine and uh, be able to create more supply for Ukraine, more supply for our own defense. There are concerns that we only have a few days of ammunition available to us in some of our, our, our deployments, and that's uh, just unacceptable. We have to have the supplies in place. Um, and then we, we saw even more recently the video put out by Admiral Topshi, the chief mm -hmm. of the Navy, who said we may not be able to meet our force posture and readiness uh, and, and operational commitments starting next year in 2024. So that um, is quite an astonishing uh, concern to be raised by the Chief of, uh, of the Royal Canadian Navy. And um, this government is going to have to step up and uh, address these issues. But so far, all they've done is said they're going to cut a billion dollars <laughs> in the Department of Defense. They say that they're going to do it from things like executive travel and, um, and um, consulting contracts. And it's like, so they've either let a billion dollars yeah. in, in <laughs> excess travel and sweetheart uh, consulting mm -hmm. contracts creep into the system, or they are going to inevitably affect our force operational right. and readiness uh, capabilities with this cut. Um, so it's, it's quite astonishing the, the lack of care and attention that this government has given to our national defense. What is the NATO standard for ammunition when you said that? We have three well, days? What's the what's yeah, supposed, we're to be supposed the to We're supposed to have 30. So three days. 30 days. 30 days so, we're supposed to have yeah, 30. yeah, but yeah. we have three days. Uh, that's that, that, absolutely that's, incredible. Yeah. I don't think many people know that. Well, it, uh, we've heard this at the committee. Yeah. Well, I know you have. I'm yeah. not doubting you. I, yeah. I saw the video. Yeah. Uh, this is absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. When we are a, a NATO partner here, we we have obligations that we are supposed to be upholding. We do. We have a, a, a whole series of obligations, and, and that goes also to the, to the Navy, talking about our force posture and readiness. We have obligations to our allies to maintain force posture and to have, uh, to have ships and have uh, deployment capability, uh, the same with our, with our Air Force. And the, the concern is that we, that we do not have these, uh, the, the readiness that we've committed to our allies. Former General Hillier called the Kretchen years the decade of darkness. It looks like we're entering another one of those, or actually in the middle of it, hopefully the end for crying out loud. Yeah. Um, at the same time, what, what can we do for their military? I know it, it's very difficult, or it seems very difficult, I'm not sure why, to actually buy anything in this, in this country uh, military-wise. Well, the procurement system is clearly broken. It's being studied at the Defense Committee, and uh, you know the, the current Minister of Defense seems to have just recently woken up to this and uh, testified that uh, there might be some kinks in the uh, in the production or in the in the procurement system and uh, this is of course things that that committee after committee even the, the operations committee other parliamentary committees have, have commented on this over the years and uh, and yet after eight years this government has done nothing 
to improve our, uh, our ability to procure kit and supplies on a timely basis when, when needed. Wasn't there an article a little while ago that Canadian soldiers were buying their own uh, rations? I think it was in Poland. Yep, they were, there were, they were uh, not reimbursing um, our, our troops and our troops were having delays in getting reimbursed for, for meals. Uh, reports of, of, uh, of troops buying pieces of equipment uh, on the private market as well. So, yeah, there wow. are, uh, and, we, you know, we're studying the, the abysmal state of housing wow. on bases right now. There are just so many ways that, uh, um, th that we need to do better to support our troops. We, uh, recruitment is down. Uh, where there are 16,000 vacant positions right now. Uh, we're concerned about how long it takes to go through the re recruitment process to, to take in uh, new volunteers. Um, there are uh, also believed to be 10,000 soldiers who are not fit for deployment right now. So you combine that, we're 26,000 personnel short That's for, for deployment on, um, on missions. That's incredible. Uh, Pat, we got to get out of here, so the guests always get the last word, so the, the floor is yours. Well, thanks for having me, and, uh, you know, I just would, would encourage your audience to, um, boy, tell your friends uh, and, and be ready to, uh, to, to, to vote for, uh, for change and uh, a new conservative government that, that will have the, uh, the willingness and the determination to tackle these, uh, these, these terrible problems that we're confronted with, whether it's inflation, uh, the, uh, the deficit, the inflation crisis, national defense, and, of course, axing the tax. Pat Kelly, Member of Parliament for Calgary, Rocky Ridge. We appreciate your time, and we appreciate you. yours as well. Don't forget, if you want to see more Pat Kelly, please let me know in the comments. You can also like and subscribe. And, of course, as always, share this program. Tell your friends it's on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play as well. Download it. Get this message out. Let's ensure Pierre Polyev is the next Prime Minister of Canada. New content every Tuesday, every single Tuesday, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Until next week, remember, low taxes, less governments, more freedom. That's the Blueprints.